0: does start with the intention around your practice, and that can change with whatever season of life you're in. What's up, babe? Welcome to Boldly Courageous, a podcast created for you, the ambitious woman who is ready to take action and step fully into the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Melissa Martin, and each week I will be your virtual wingwoman as you gain the tools and confidence to face your fears head on. The time is now, and this is your permission slip to live your boldly courageous life. Are you ready, babe? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Boldly Courageous Podcast, and it is the first solo episode of 2021. I hope you had an amazing New Year's and that you are filled with a new sense of joy and purpose and excitement, clarity, and clear intention of what you would like the next 12 months to look like. And you know, every single day gets to be day one. I recorded a podcast episode for you guys on some new year's rituals that I love to do. And this is just a reminder for you that no matter where you're at in the month, day, year, it's really irrelevant. Every single day gets to be day one. It's really about the intention that you set behind it. So please don't feel like you are behind in any way you are exactly Exactly where you are meant to be in this in this moment. So today I wanted to talk to you about some spiritual practices and rituals that I have done over the years. I get a lot of questions um, on Instagram and my DMs of how have I built a spiritual practice? How did I come across some of these rituals that I share, retreats, things that I do? And I thought I would sit down and record a podcast episode for you and, just take from this what you will. Not all of it will resonate and that's okay. This is really an evolution. I believe that these practices are really designed to help you feel like the most holistic version of yourself and not everything will resonate in this moment at this time. And it's really about having a toolbox full of resources to help you navigate whatever season of life that you are in. And I view these practices as a way to connect sort of the trifecta, right? The mind, the body, and the soul. So there are some physical practices that you can do like yoga or exercising. There is mental and mindset practices that you can do to help you strengthen your beliefs and your mindset, and then there's spiritual practices like meditation that can help you connect to a higher power. And for me personally, I like to do a combination of all three. I really feel like it gives me an all-around holistic approach to my growth and evolution as an energetic being. We are all made up of energy. We have an energetic body, a physical body. We have a meat suit, as my friend Taylor likes to say. So For me, I just really like to do a combination of these three types of things. And I'm gonna share some examples of each one. And you might feel called to one more than the other, and that's okay. Like I said, this is really meant to be tools in your toolbox. And I feel like the most important thing to understand through all of this, no matter what modality you choose, no matter who you follow, where you get your information from, whether it's me or somebody else, always remember that you are the guru. No one knows what's better for you than you. And these practices are really designed to help you remember that and root back into that and build more of a dialogue with yourself and your body, more trust with your intuition so that when someone does say something or someone does share something with you, you can then take action from a place of true discernment of knowing, is this true for me or not? And does this resonate with me or not right now in this moment? And the more you dive into these types of practices and you start to build your own toolbox, the less you feel like you need outside information to find the answers to whatever it is you're seeking. You become more and more self-sourced and the greatest tools for transformation are what I'm gonna share with you. And they're all free, right? So you can go and pay a guru or a meditation teacher or a coach, you can attend seminars and all of those things help. But at the end of the day, the true magic, the true practices come from getting silent and trusting ourselves and going with it. So, with that being said, anytime you are going to start any type of spiritual practice, exercise, meditation, movement, journaling, whatever it is, it must start with an intention. And the intention can change depending on the season of life that you're in. So, one intention might be to heal childhood trauma another intention might be to step more fully into your higher highest expression to make more money another intention might be to um, have a deeper relationship with your partner or be a more present parent or just love yourself right i mean that is a powerful intention so really get clear on what the intention is around your practice and That will allow you to utilize these modalities with direction. So often I hear people say, I don't know where to start. There's so much information. How do I know? And again, this is like following breadcrumbs and it's like a game of clue. Every single practice will lead you to a new revelation, a new layer of yourself that you're learning and another way of being with yourself. So it does start with the intention around your practice and that can change with whatever season of life you're in. There are definitely seasons of my life where I don't journal every day and I don't meditate and I don't do the spiritual practices that help me feel more deeply grounded and rooted because I don't feel like I really need them in that moment. Practices like exercise and yoga and maybe some acupuncture, things like that are what feel better for me at that stage in my life and that season in my life. So. We are cyclical beings, especially as women, men are too, but everything in our life, our entire planet, our ecosystem revolves around seasons and cycles. So to try and pigeonhole yourself or judge yourself or beat yourself up for not having a consistent practice goes against the the actual nature in which we operate as humans. So just know that everything can change with a season that you're in. There is no right or wrong, and the more that you do of this, the more that you will trust yourself. So with that being said, I'm going to walk you through sort of my traditional practice, if you will, when I'm really focused on these rituals and how you can utilize them. And then I'm going to share some additional tools and resources that you can use, you can research, you can start to feel into that can help you begin your practice or find a practice that feels best for you. And I should preface this and say that this is something that is almost 10 to 15 years in the making, right? I remember my very first dipping of my toe, if you will, into spirituality, I guess, or these types of spiritual practices was going to a yoga class because I felt like I was so disconnected from my body and my heart felt heavy and I was going through some really challenging times and yoga just seemed like the best place to go. And that might be where you start. And you don't need to do every single one of these all at once, like pick one or two that feel the best for you, start integrating into that and it will slowly build from there. So whenever I'm sitting down to tap into any spiritual practice, for me, I like to set the stage with different tools. So it might look like setting candles. If I want a really calm and peaceful environment at nighttime, if I'm going to sit down and journal and I have some emotional stuff I want to work through, I might light candles. Um, I really love to use Palo Santo. It's a Brazilian wood that helps to just, I guess, transmute negative energy and cleanse the air. You can use sage, you can use incense, really anything that's gonna help you set a stage and make you feel comfortable. Maybe it's getting you know, in a nice comfy chair. And I also love using YouTube music and I put on high frequency music. It's meditative music that just helps me to, again, just set a more clear container and space for what it is that I want to create in this sacred practice that I'm about to sit in. So number one is just set the stage with different tools. I like to have um, some Oracle cards handy um, and my journal and a pen, and then I'll have my Palo Santo and I'll have my music and I will settle into a nice comfy place in my home where I know that I won't be disturbed. From there, I like to sit upright in a cross-legged position. You can have your knees on the floor. And I just start by closing my eyes and placing my hands on My lap, you can place your hands palms up if you want to be open to receive more information, or you can place your palms facing down if you want to feel more grounded. And I just start to take a couple of deep breaths, like really focusing on inhaling. And as I inhale, breathing in from the bottom of the belly and filling up the lungs to really get a full breath. So breathing in through the nose and then I'll breathe out through the mouth just so I can start to notice and collect my thoughts because oftentimes our brains are just like squirrel brains all over the place, right? Um, And as we are getting into our spiritual practices or our meditation, it can sometimes take a little while to find a rhythm and really settle into our bodies and get out of our minds and just get into our bodies. And I will say, I know a lot of you probably feel the same way that meditation feels so hard to sit and not have thoughts. And that's not what meditation is. That's not what a spiritual practice is. We are never void of thoughts. It's how we relate to those thoughts and how we allow those thoughts to lead that matter. So in meditation, of course you have thoughts, but you don't go down the rabbit hole of those thoughts leading the meditation. You just kind of observe them like clouds and let them pass by without any judgment. You really can stay in a neutral place. So settling in and taking a couple of deep breaths helps you to kind of quiet the mind a little bit and assess what's happening in your brain. Is it like monkey mind and squirrel? And then I like to do a quick scan of my body and just notice if there's any areas of tightness, like really just bringing my awareness in. And from there, I really enjoy doing something called alternate nostril breathing. The Sanskrit word for this is Nadi Shodna. And what this does is it really helps to balance out the different sides of our nasal cavities and how we breathe so that we can breathe more clearly. But from an energetic perspective, it also allows the masculine and feminine energies to flow a little bit more evenly. And it helps to, again, further deepen the breath into the body and allow the mind to settle. So basically what you do, and you can go on YouTube and like view videos on how to do this. Also my dear friend and business partner, Sandy Bo is a spiritual practitioner, and she teaches this as well. Um, I've done this in several different types of yoga classes before. Basically, what you do is you start by inhaling very deeply. And at the top of the inhale, you block off one nostril, the side of the nostril with your forefinger and uh, middle finger, and you breathe out as you exhale, you breathe out of the nostril that is open. When you reach the bottom of your exhale, you switch your fingers and block off the nostril that was open. And now you breathe in through the opposite nostril and you breathe in and at the top of the breath, you switch nostrils, you breathe out through the one that was previously closed. So you're alternating inhaling through one nostril and then exhaling through the other. So you're not breathing in through both or exhaling through both, you're only breathing in through one and exhaling through the other. And to really balance out the sides, you want to do this Three times on each side. So, for example, if you start by exhaling through the right nostril and you do that three times, then on your second round, you want to start by exhaling first through the left nostril. So, you're switching sides. So, I like to do both sides. That's considered one whole round. So, three breaths on one side, three breaths on the other. And I repeat that three times. And it just really helps to. Balance out the energy in your nasal cavity, which is directly connected to your brain, which is directly connected to your lungs and just allows oxygen to flow more freely. It balances out your masculine and feminine. Your feminine is ruled on the left side of your body and your masculine is ruled on the right side of your body. So if you feel like you want to be a little bit more in your feminine and a little bit more... Grounded and calm, you can start by exhaling out of the right nostril, which represents masculine, and then breathe in through the left nostril, starting your practice, which represents the feminine. So you're starting with the feminine energy. And then the opposite is also true. If you want to be more focused and clear, more energized, and more in your masculine, you would start by breathing out of your left nostril, which is your feminine, and taking your first deep inhale through the right nostril, which is your masculine. So hopefully I have not confused you too much, but like I said, you can pop onto YouTube and watch a video on how to do alternate nostril breathing. So this, again, this is like the next layer for me when it comes to settling into my meditation. So the first one is just setting the stage and getting super comfortable, taking a couple of deep breaths, checking in with my body, and then the second is going into this alternate nostril breathing, which really helps me to again calm the mind a little bit, give myself some space to settle in and balance out each side of my body. And then from there, what I really like to do, depending on how I'm feeling, if I feel very like hyperactive and I want to feel more grounded, I will start my practice from the top down, and I'm going to explain what I mean by that in a second. If I'm feeling very low energy and I want to feel more connected and more uplifted, I will start from the bottom up. So here's what I mean. When I begin my meditation practice, the first thing I do is I like to get into an energy and a space of gratitude for my body. So if I want to feel more grounded, I will start from the top down and I will imagine a white light right above my head and the top of my head, which is the crown chakra, and I will just imagine a white light there, and I will send gratitude to the top of my head, and I can say something, like, whatever comes to you, like, there is no right or wrong, but I might say something, like, to my crown chakra, like, thank you for giving me the ability to receive messages from my divine guided guides, or thank you for the ability to receive, or just thank you, and then from there, I slowly move down to my forehead, which is the third eye. And I'll say, thank you for my ability to see and think clearly and continue to move down and all the while just checking in with my body and feeling the energy slowly moving down to my throat and then to my heart, into my solar plexus, down into my sacral area and then the root chakra into my legs and my knees, to my ankles and my feet. And then I feel really grounded and I take a couple of deep breaths, imagining pulling air from the top of my head all the way down to my feet and back. So it's a full body experience. If I want to do the opposite, I would start at the soles of my feet and slowly move that white light with every single inhale all the way up through each part of my body and just sending it love and gratitude. So this brings awareness out of my head into my body and gets me into a frequency of love and self-appreciation and gratitude for my body. Then I will sit in silence and I will just sit with my body I will just focus on breathing and if there's a specific question that you have or an intention that you're setting for your meditation or you know something that you want to figure out or solve you can set that intention and ask it or you can say a prayer um, I like to pray a lot in my meditations and I'm just praying to my higher self my future self my guides and it might just say something like, Please allow me to live into my purpose today. Or I trust that you will guide me to my highest expression of myself. Or please allow me to further heal my relationship with my money. Please allow me to communicate clearly with my partner today. Please guide those clients that are meant to be in my life to me today so that I might serve them. Right. Just like asking for what you want and just feeling into the energy as if it's already happened and just noticing what's happening in your body. So This is my practice, right? And some of this may or may not resonate with you. There is no right or wrong. This is just something that, over the years, I have felt intuitively feels really good for me. Other things that you can do, if this feels like too much, it's too overwhelming, it's too much for you to remember, I know that meditation can sometimes feel a little daunting for beginners. I recommend utilizing some apps. I love the Calm app because there's really great guided meditations. There's meditation for beginners. I think there's like a 10-day meditation challenge that you can do. There's a free version. There's a paid version. And something like that would be hugely helpful for you to at least get in the practice of Meditating and having a guide, like doing guided meditations is so nice because then you don't have to think about what do I do next? You actually have someone guiding you. However, I would encourage you over time to use those guided meditations less and less, unless you have something really specific that you're trying to work through, like a money mindset block or a trauma or relationship or whatever, and really start to tap in and trust your own inner guidance system, because remember you are the guru. Okay, so after I feel complete with my meditation, like I've gotten what I needed, I come back to the breath, I take a few more really deep inhales through the nose, I take a few exhales through the mouth, I slowly start to bring my eyes open and just have a moment of silence of awareness for my body and for the space that I'm in, in the room, and just kind of come back online. And the next thing I like to do is I like to journal. Because I feel like journaling is an extension of meditation. You have all of these thoughts and these feelings and emotions, and maybe you have ideas and downloads that come through to you. And a journal is a really great place for you to further that conversation in a more conscious way and start to allow messages and thoughts to flow on paper. And again, like there's no right or wrong, like you can literally write just words, like random phrases, or you could doodle, or you could write as if you're writing to somebody and they'll read it. You can scribble and so nobody can read. Like there's literally zero right or wrong way to do journaling. It's really what feels good for you. So I like to, the way that I journal is as if I am talking to a friend or talking to myself and just kind of like explaining what's going on in my head right now. Here's how I feel today. And I think that this is what's happening. And I'd really like for this to happen. And then sometimes I journal as if something's already done. Like, let's say I just, this is real, real life. I just opened my coaching practice back up. I have room for six new clients. And in my journal, I would write as if it's already done. I'm so grateful for the six clients that signed up this month. It feels so good to support women in their mission and to feel abundantly supported. I can't wait to see what happens over the next six months with them. So even though it hasn't happened, I'm journaling as if it has, so I can feel what it would feel like in my body. And then I can start taking action from that place. So journaling after meditation is really powerful and it doesn't have to be 15 pages. Like sometimes I just journal two or three sentences and I feel complete. Sometimes I'm journaling for a really long time. Sometimes I only have five minutes and when five minutes is up, it's up. Um, something else I like to do with my spiritual practice is Oracle cards. So I really like Um, Rebecca Campbell's cards. There are so many out there. Again, there's no right or wrong. Just find what feels good to you. You can go to any sort of like crystal or esoteric shop and they usually have a book section and you can look around at the different cards and see if there's one that you feel more called to. Um, But Oracle cards are a really great way to just receive another form of message or communication energetically from your higher self. So after I'm done journaling, I pull out my oracle card deck and I will ask, I will set an intention or set a question behind what it is I'm looking to seek, or I'll just be open to whatever message needs to be received. So the question might be maybe my intention, maybe I'm really focusing on calling in love, right? And that is where a lot of my meditation goes and my intention goes and my journaling goes. So when I'm pulling an oracle card, it might be with the intention of what is the message that I need to receive today regarding love? And I'll pull the card. And what I like to do is before I go to the little booklet that tells me what the card means, I like to hold it to my chest and close my eyes and just ask, what does this mean to me? So again, this comes back to you are the guru and you get to interpret that card however you want. And then I will journal on it a little bit more if anything comes through and then I'll read whatever the booklet says and just see if it kind of jives with whatever I said and that's it. After, after that, I will typically um, maybe dance a little bit, throw on some music, get changed, go work out, move my body. But that's, for the most part, this is my spiritual practice that I do on a pretty consistent basis. And I like to do it first thing in the morning. You might be a nighttime person. Um, but these are the tools that I find to be the most basic and the most helpful. And that would be meditation, breath work, journaling and then having some sort of like oracle card i feel like that's a pretty solid place to start now aside from this on a regular basis there are other like practices or rituals that you can have I really love working with the energy of the moon. So on full moons, full moons are all about release and surrender and new moons are all about co-creation and abundance. At least that's how I receive it. And I love doing full moon and new moon ceremonies every single month. I don't always do them every month, but I just kind of like mentally set the intention to do them. Or even in my meditation, I might, you know, do one of these ceremonies, um, but if you want to know more about how to do full moon and new moon ceremonies, I did record a podcast episode on it. You can go back to episode 35. It's called full moon and new moon rituals to expand your business. And I also did an episode all around new year's eve rituals and goal setting that has a lot of really great practices that you can do at any time throughout the year. It doesn't have to be at New Year's, and that is episode 73, New Year's Rituals and Goals Setting for 2021. So both of those talk about um, burn ceremonies, which are a really great way to release any negative energy, to cut cords with people, let me talk real quick about cord cutting. So I've done this before too. So cord cutting is really great for old relationships. Could be a boss that you know you really want to get out of your life or an old friend or acquaintance or an ex-lover, whatever it is, where you feel like there's something about them or the story or their energy that's still tied to you. So there are different ways that you can do cord cutting ceremonies. You can have a practitioner help you with it. You can do it yourself. I mean, you can Google it. I like to write a letter to that person and I like to forgive them for all of the wrongdoing. And then I like to atone for my own wrongdoing. And then I like to set an energetic boundary and let them know that I'm cutting this cord and that their energy is no longer welcome in my space. So I might sit down and meditate and, you know, light some candles or what have you and get into a good space, write this letter, and then read it out loud and burn it. So that is my way of cutting the cord. You can also take a shower after if you want to. So there's more about cord cutting and burn ceremonies in those two episodes. Other tools and resources that you can use or other types of spiritual practices are more physical and movement-based. So for example, Yoga is such a great way to connect mind and body. I mean, really, yoga is about union um, between the mind, the body, and the soul, and it's a moving meditation in the traditional sense of vinyasa flow, which is what most, most of us know about yoga, where we're moving our body into these interesting pretzel shapes and Stretching, and there's a lot of breathing involved, and really it's meant to be a breathing and moving meditation. So, yoga can be a really great way to get out of your head and get into your body a little bit more. I really love restorative yoga, Um, that to me feels really good for my nervous system. So, this is a series of five or six different poses that you're holding for long periods of time, but it's restorative. So, there's lots of pillows and blankets, so you're not holding these stretches, you're actually being really support it. It's like adult nap time, basically. Also, kundalini yoga is really powerful for moving energy. There's so many other types. Um, Yin yoga is great too. So yoga is a really great way to kind of dip your toe into mind-body connection and spirituality. Also, exercise, running, dancing, like all of these things, this physical movement can be so meditative and spiritual when you allow it to. So something that I have been doing a lot lately is dancing. I put on music in my apartment and I just shake and move my body however I want. And I notice that it takes a little while for my body to really open up. Like there's judgment around how I'm moving and this doesn't feel right. And once I can drop out of my head and just allow myself to look silly and weird and move however I want, I find that my skeleton actually moves better. My muscles relax and I feel more in flow and I actually feel more energized and just happier. So music and movement is a really great way to actually physically move energy throughout the body. And it can become very meditative when you are focusing on your breath and bringing intention into your body. Also, another um, form or tool of spiritual practices are body work, body work and actual energy work. So Reiki deals with the energy body. It helps to balance out the different chakra systems that we have, which are energy bodies that govern our entire being. And Reiki really helps to move any blockages that you might have, help to get your chakras in alignment and just cleansed and moving the right way. Acupuncture can help with that as well. Acupuncture is Chinese medicine and deals with pressure points and meridians and different energy points throughout the body. And I've, used, I've done acupuncture and it's been hugely helpful, not only on a physical level for ailments in my body, but also with emotional release work as well. And a lot of times, anytime I know for me that I have an emotional blockage, it shows up physically in my body as low back pain or stomach aches or hip flexor issues um and movement really helps a lot massage helps a lot but acupuncture is incredible um another one is somatic therapy so therapy in general i'm a huge fan of i believe you know kind of going back to the mental and mindset stuff like whenever you have an opportunity to verbally process through something that you're going through whether it's talking to an actual therapist or connecting with a girlfriend even journaling can be a form of verbal processing i think it can really help us to get to the root of something or move through whatever it is that is challenging us. However, when it comes to the body, like the body keeps score and it knows when things are off. And sometimes words just can't get to the root of whatever it is that we are navigating through. And so somatic therapy is a modality that deals with the body. And so it's almost like talk therapy but for your body. So your body gets to do the talking. And this is a very powerful practice for navigating through trauma. I've, I've done somatic therapy and it has been incredibly powerful in helping me to heal trauma, to help me build a deeper connection with my own body and really find, fine tune this intuitive process that I've been sharing throughout this entire podcast of just like really knowing and discerning when things are a yes for me, when things are a no for me. And that comes through like really tapping into your body and doing a lot of work with somatic therapy. Massage is another great one for body work and hypnosis as well. So these are all body slash energy work that you can go to a practitioner that can help you throughout your spiritual journey and that harmony of mind, body, and soul. Then there are some more esoteric practices. There are no shortage of these out there. You may have seen a few on my social media. I did uh, a retreat in Sedona and a lot of the stuff was very esoteric and very deep, but there was a lot of intention behind it. And as I mentioned, I've been doing this for almost 10 years. So it felt appropriate for me, right? Some of these things might feel a little out there for you. Trust your intuition. You'll know when the time is right. Um, So some esoteric practices could be past life regressions, where you go under hypnosis and you visit past lives to heal generational patterns and karma in this life. Womb healings, which can also be really powerful. They're kind of like Reiki, but they really focus on the womb and again, helping to release any traumas, any shame around sexuality, um, any issues getting pregnant, things like that. Astrology, I love astrology. It's like the original um personality test and also kind of woo-wooing out there and then lastly would be plant medicine ceremonies so like psilocybin which is commonly known as mushrooms ayahuasca um, marijuana i mean there's so many different ways that you can utilize plant medicine in a really beautiful container when it's facilitated the right way and the proper intention is set These medicines can really be a powerful tool for you to take your spiritual awareness and your healing to another level and really unlock just new realizations about yourself that you didn't know were there. So as I mentioned earlier, at the end of the day, you are the guru and there is literally no shortage of tools and resources in your toolbox that you can use to guide yourself through this practice um of just tapping in and creating more of a holistic life for yourself and of course if you guys have questions or you are looking for a reference um, you're absolutely welcome to dm me at the melissa martin on instagram and i'm happy to share with you some of the practitioners that i've worked with some of my favorite podcasts also another resource podcasts and books huge, huge, huge when it comes to the learning process of these spiritual practices and connecting with your body. So I hope you guys love this episode. Let me know what you guys want to hear more of. I threw a a story up today on my Instagram asking you, like, what do you want to hear more of? Do you want to hear more sales? Do you want to hear relationship stuff? Do you want to hear about this kind of woo-woo spiritual stuff? Like what what would add value to you? Let me know so I can add value to you. (laughs) So, all right, guys, sending you all the love. Thank you so much for being here. Happy 2021. Until the next episode, live your boldly courageous life. Bye guys. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It's truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to step fully into the life they've always dreamed of.